<laughs> Once again, we I think we talked about we talked the show before we had the mic on or anything. So there's Greg after a beautiful picture. Oh, who wants to hear about picture. my cats? I'm much better. I, I do. I definitely want to hear about your cats. Okay. Well, we'll wait one second though. So eventually. <laughs> You know, Led Zeppelin had the Starship. We're still working on the Patreon for the Use Goodyear blimp. Then we'll visit our arts <laughs> in Paris once we get it. You can okay. name it, Greg. But we're very thrilled to have Beck again. You prefer Vic? I've never asked you for Vicky or Victoria. I do like Vicky, actually. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's shorter to say and to remember. Well, yeah, but, mm. yay, everybody's here. Vicky Rumler's back with us. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having and me. And with the coolest so, boots I've ever, shoes I've ever Thank seen you. there. Well, I've just gotten the abuse because I wore two different sneakers because there's a rush coming here. <laughs> okay, talk about your cats for a second. I got to so get, get a picture of those shoes and we'll put them next to the Oh, yeah, okay. definitely. Put I the cookies it. by well, them. The too, cats? Though. Well, I was explaining okay, to Vicky. Okay, now we have to do the cats first because they were talking about yeah. it. <laughs> I'll make it short. So, ten years ago, no. <laughs> Way back in the day. And wrapping up the show. I had, two, I had two cats. One got hurt. And in the interim, I, I took in a cat that I didn't realize was pregnant. So, the cat wouldn't go away. So, I took it in and I fed it and all that stuff. Then, eventually, as nature ordained it, it had kittens. So, it had four kittens. And I kept one. And I found homes for two. And my girlfriend took the other one. So my other cat, the older cat, got hurt before that. So after the vet saved his life, because he almost didn't make it, um, he recuperated at her house. So now there's the one older cat and a kitten. And then I have the other older cat and a kitten. So I was just saying how we have like the same family structure and I want to get all four of them together, and I just want to see what happens because it's like oh, sniff, yeah. sniff, sniff. Hey, I know you. Hey, you smell familiar. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I kind of want to see the social interaction with that. So I have yet to do that, but okay. I will get around to that. So there you go. Yeah. I have to ask because it is well, it's Puppy Bowl weekend for me. That's I don't really get the other game. So, and they actually have the first year they have an assistant ref that's a dog <laughs> will probably do better than the NFL refs. Okay. But I want to ask about in terms of. I read there's I, a kitten halftime, too. <laughs> at the puppy. Yeah, Greg's supplying them all. Kitten, yeah. How did this become a theme could. of the show so far? I'll never know. But I was wondering, because I noticed, like, I do dabble in the World Cup, that France does really well. And I just wondered how soccer, their football, how, when you're there, can you escape it? Is it a big thing or not? Um. I, yeah, you can escape it. Yeah, there are a lot of people that that couldn't care less about soccer. Because yeah, I sure. wonder. Because yeah. I don't think of like <laughs> France's. Yeah. You know, I think of mostly like you know club football in England. People follow, even though they would get crushed by anybody on the continent. If we're honest, but I always wonder because I always notice France does really well in the World Cup, though. Yeah, they do. They have a great team. They have yeah, pump a lot of money into it, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely. What were you doing there to begin with? What was your reason for going there? In France, to France. Yeah. Um, well, I went there. Oh my gosh, uh, over twenty years ago. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, I thought it would just be you know learning French for about six months, probably. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I've been learning it in junior high and high school and college, but couldn't really speak. You know, I'm a perfectionist, so it took me a long time to actually start speaking. And then I was just really lucky. I got like a series of breaks. I got these jobs, and someone get got me a contract and got me a work permit. So I just kind of followed that. I think energy. after Jetem, that's it. I, I don't know. Anymore. Well, yeah, and it takes <laughs> time. I'm still learning French. It really takes time. I've told you this story. When it's I a great language to listen to, though. Yeah, you like I, it? I find it. Yeah, it's yeah. really I love funny. French music. It's like Francois Hardy and all that. Yeah. I just, I could, don't know if she could say, yeah, I'm going to stuff a shoe in your mouth, but it sounds so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told you this story. When I lived in D.C., we go down to Delaware Avenue where all the bookstores are. So there's a person, he's French. And my friend was in Paris for two years, so they're speaking, and I do a little, and he thinks I could speak it, all of a sudden he goes on, and no. Oh, <laughs> right. There was a yeah, phrase, I remember when I was a kid, that Ferme Fultra Bouche or something like that, it was like, go shit in a hat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But it sounds so elegant when you... <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> elegant in those languages. It's true. You just sound, it could be... 
But see, that's the way I like life. I don't think I've always said life doesn't just have the straight arrow. You never expect to know which twists and turns. You know, and the idea of serendipity, I always like when you yeah. meet somebody or something happens. Well, I'm only going to do this. It's like I'm only going to do this for a month, and then it's like three years right. later. Right. Yeah, and it really just all fell into place. It was really incredible. So I just I just followed the flow, kind of. And I always I'm really big in the sense of place too. You find like some place you go, wow, this is sort of like home. Where I belong here. So you were working and all that stuff there. Yeah, I actually worked for a record company when I first got to France. I worked oh, nice. for Universal for like three years because I had worked for um, BMG in Munich. I lived in Germany for five years oh, before wow. I went to France, and I had these contacts, and then I, yeah, was uh, like a marketing assistant for a few years, and I thought, oh, I'd actually rather do the music than market <laughs> other people's music. Right. So that just kind of flowed together. So how does the publishing thing work with a big situation like that? Are there a whole bunch of lawyers or a whole bunch of, I mean, does it, yeah. is it one department, or is it just fan out to all the different... Well, back in the day, yeah, they worked with a, a separate, an independent publisher that published all the artists that, yeah, that they recorded. So it was like an umbrella thing. Yeah, uh-huh. Back in the day, it's changed a lot now, of course, yeah. Everybody's gotten a little smarter with it. There's so much more education involved uh-huh. with music business and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I would still like to see a way that the artists got their, you know, just rewards a little better. For sure, right. yeah. Because I hear, like, a friend of mine would say, well, I have a song on a soap opera today. People are, you know, people don't get unless they're in the biz. Right. Oh, you're on TV, and I have some bands who have a song on TV. They think you're rich. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I got my thirty cent check today. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one guy that was from here. I mean, he's not. He's in LA now, right? Uh, I forget his name. There you go. But um, he wrote the Young and the Restless theme, uh-huh. and that's a big deal, I guess. He's been using that for years. So. Uh-huh. But it's funny, even like, I mean, John Cleese doesn't need the money, but he was saying his little joke he used to tell. He said, oh, no, they still play Faulty Towers on PBS, and I get my 18-cent check. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, no, it's changed a lot. And sure. that's something, it'd be like a topic that... I have no answers. I just wish, you know, something would come out where the artists actually got. Well, Greg doesn't have to worry because he plays for 50 bands. Right, you know? that helps. <laughs> yeah, brought, well, 48 and a half. The mint green, I mean, the mint green Mercedes this week, the purple yeah. lemo last week. <laughs> Not bad. He brings a different yeah. car every week when he drives here. Yeah, the ashtray fills up. Oh, it's gone. Trade it in. It gets rid of them like socks in the laundry. Yeah. Cool. But the one thing I really I love about your music, too, is like it's always, it's like, what is she doing next? Because I always think you do this, you do that, you're telling stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, the, uh, when I think about it, because the four albums that I've done, they're really pretty different. Um yeah, I have a different vibe to each album. Yeah, and I have so many more albums that I want to make that go in other directions, too. Yeah. Did you do any of the traditional, like, and if I have this wrong, let me know, but did you have any of that accordion and all that kind of, you know, old-schoolish, Europeanish, French stuff that, that, you know what I mean, was that you acquaint with, with that music? Um, folk, uh, folk style, street right. style. Yeah, I haven't done any. I actually have a really good friend who plays accordion, and I've kind of had in the back of my mind that it could be fun. That would be cool to I do think. an album of French songs with accordion because um, there are a couple of American groups that have recorded a French song or two, and they were hugely popular just because apparently it's cute the American accent in French. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought maybe you know you know what that yeah, always reminds me of. In the the Batman '66 movie, I knew. Well, no, but (laughs) remember the scene when they're in the nightclub, and he's with Kitka in the nightclub, and they have the the lounge singer there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's supposed to be French or Russian, but (laughs) it struck me. It struck me as a French Hmm. type of thing. If you if you were to look at that or listen to it, I mean, but it's that that whole style to me is that it's that beautiful romantic. You know, and it's just all that stuff going on at the, and, and, uh, with the, with the accordion and the, Mm -hmm. the mandolin and all that stuff, you know? Yep, yep. So that might happen someday. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of got into more experimental stuff, like right off the bat, some of the jazz and, yeah, really trying to, stretch the limits. Well, sure we'll hear right. some at the end. Uh-huh. Well, who's, oh. who's like in terms of jazz in France and like in Europe or big? Um, well, as far as vocalists, I mean, there's Cecile McLaurin-Savant, yeah, who's 
done really well. Uh, well, no, uh, Cyril Lemay. Do you know this woman? Cyril Lemay? No. She's oh, actually, a French French friend vocalist. of mine on Facebook. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's Because I remember, like, during things like during COVID, she'd say Mark saved and everything. So. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So What's she's, her name? She's done really Cyril well. Cyril Lemay, yes. Yeah, so okay. She's actually a friend of mine on wow. Facebook. I think that's... Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's some really great well, vocalists. Lest we forget, for too, I just watched Bird last week, the bio Charlie Parker. Oh. Due to racism and everything here, a lot of artists went over to France. Yeah, for sure. And they yeah. were very well appreciated, like Paris Blues or any of those. True. Yeah, a lot of musicians and writers, too, were, felt they were more accepted over in Paris than than in the U.S. There's so, a yeah. really mm-hmm. good book I read called Fireworks After Midnight about France in the 20s. Ooh. Paris in the 20s. Uh-huh. It's like one of those... And I watched that movie from like Paris at midnight. Like, why can't I time travel and do this stuff? Why are we yeah. stuck? Yeah, that's the Woody Allen, right? The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun, very funny. Uh huh. Watched it the little, so it's like. One of those oh things. yeah, good. Yeah, no, that's a funny one. But when you talk about experimental, what do you sort of mean? Well, because um, pretty early on, I started working with this vocal group because I, I grew up singing a cappella, so I really love singing harmony. And there's this vocal group that. Um, called me one day and I started working with them and it's it's really yeah I guess I, you would call it experimental it's like electro acapella so they work with loops oh, wow. already and they were one of the first groups to do that actually like 25 years ago or so and they put these effects on the vocals so it sounds like you're a guitar and um, they put pitches so you can like basically sing two or three notes at once and so oh, so we do a lot of yeah rarely singing like a melody from beginning to end we're doing more like vocal percussion or weird sounds like and that's part of the song you know but even those have to be on pitch or else yes. if you add the harmony electronically then it's going to be off if you exactly. don't do it if so you don't have the bass notes right the the, the you know the beginning yeah. part yeah so it's it's been really fascinating working cool. with this group because you do have to be really precise and you're recording a loop at the beginning of the tune and if you mess it up you hear the same thing through the whole tune right right basically so if you're <laughs> why like, did oh, i do that <laughs> so rhythmically yeah it's it's so that's pretty the one part you hate ends up being the whole song yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly so i do that a lot and just a lot of like sound research i guess you would call it doing weird sounds <laughs> And then when I do my own jazz standards, I'm like, oh, no, i got to change the tune. So it's just well, you like, could be like Hank Williams III, where he starts off his shows with country, then midway through he goes to punk. Oh, yeah. And it's like seamless. It's like all of a sudden punk, sort of punk death metal. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So if sure. you want to think of that, start researching your death metal and your... But I, I think a lot of audiences, like I love like different things like that. I think people would be receptive, but... It would be also kind of odd. Well, all of a sudden you're doing jazz in the middle of the set. It's a B-movie. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. I like people to be surprised, you know? Yeah, that's what I like. That's what I go mm. see now for the most part. I want to see something new and different than the usual, like, because I've I seen things for, like, third. But I still like the things. And then Greg will be, now Greg will be an electronic band. Next yeah. Day. yeah. It's new. It's different. Well, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's hard to find that balance because some people say, oh, it's always nice to hear something you recognize, you know. Never the twain shall meet. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I have that group of friends who will go see cover bands. Nothing wrong with them, but, you know, go see all the, you know, the good old things they know and they'll never try anything new. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I sometimes have a hard time with things that are too experimental. It takes me a while to wrap my head around it Mm because I like, I do sort of like traditional things, but... Mm -hmm. But after a while, it's like, yeah, that's cool, you know. And it's like, like I remember studying all that stuff in 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 school about well, um, Gil, whatever I can't, what was his name, Gil, somebody or other was electronic. When electronic music first came out, and these guys were just plugging, you know, patches in all over the place, and it was all a really big deal, you know. It was an early foray into into that stuff. But Gil Evans, I guess, is that who I'm thinking of? I can't think of it. But there was, um, anyway, that stuff was really neat because, like, they would do all the stuff with the Moog and the oscillators and mm, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Andy knows what I'm talking about. 
Don't you, Andy? Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, approved. I'm, I'm actually thinking in my head that one being my cousin first, I, it probably isn't the same thing at all, but it was out there, was when he was listening to Tangerine Dream. I love those guys. Yeah. And I that was like them. the first, like, and for me it was Captain Beefheart, which is just <laughs> different. And all I would hear would be like about Trout Mass Replica, either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Uh-huh. And I really loved it, but I could see... I could see why the Magic Band never wanted to get back together because I know Zoot Horn Morales said, we don't want to learn this stuff again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's one of the things. Some of the, but how is it, too, in the studio now? I think we've come such a long way with all the toys and everything. You could do so much, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's – and the, the guy that directs this electro acapella group I'm in, yeah, he just really does what he wants with our vocals. We record things, and then he uh, – you know, cuts He's and pastes and adds, yeah. yeah. But then we actually reproduce it on stage, wow. so it's it's a really interesting process. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. How is reproducing this stuff on stage? Yeah. So like the Beatles, where they come tour because they need an orchestra after Sergeant Pepper. You have to have a Cracker Jack sound guy. Yeah. Or Tuck, you know. I mean, I has to have all that stuff figured out. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He spends an incredible amount of time making sure it's all set up for us and then yeah we work a lot on, on getting the sounds just right and getting the rhythm just right and so yeah it's pretty fascinating stuff wow. yeah, but I still do think it's really important to actually be able to sing and work really hard on it because a lot more people but can it like, be done with solar power in the future <laughs> exactly <laughs> right well the satellite has to hit the yeah. Yeah. okay concert canceled because it was cloudy oh out <laughs> but that would be great yeah Take that, you lousy! Oh man, yeah. It'll be we won't get into to that. see what happens in the next. <laughs> I can see you 50s. doing almost like a like a musical novel, like different oh. things. I could. Oh, I like that term. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. That so is tell great. stories, even go through like like children's stories or something. Yep. Well, I'm out of it. No. More, <laughs> <Yeah>. more <laughs> fractured fairy tale type things. For yeah. Me. Yeah. No. Fantasy. And I actually kind of got into it because with my my fourth album, my last album came out in. May 2022, and it's cabin songs. You know, I was did an artist residency in the Porcupine Mountains on the UP, and I wrote all these songs, and they're in English, but for the French audience, I was like, I really want them to know what I'm talking about, even if they don't understand right. the lyrics. So I so I wrote all this text in French, so I actually present all the tunes, and I tell the story of each song, and that's the first time I'd done that much storytelling, and it kind of turned into a show. We did a whole, you know... Um, set up a, a bunch of lighting on it so it really turned in this solo show where I accompany myself on piano and guitar and it's a really bilingual thing which which I love and the French audience is like yeah we got it we felt like we're in the cabin with you and yeah. so that's really fun it was really fun and yeah storytelling didn't, yeah, know, that, didn't know I'd enjoy it so much. So. That would be like, it's like a weird analogy, but Don Coscarelli when he wrote Phantasm he went off into a cabin uh-huh all isolated he just wrote and that's why it came out so yeah yeah i think it's kind of not not exactly a rite of passage but there are a lot of artists that do that they're just like i have to get away from everything right to uh see what comes out no and i love isolation like that and i think you pick up like i still love the story herb smith told about what he called it's about walking by the woods Mm -hmm. and he would talk about well i just go walking and he would explain like Okay, the flute and everything. This is a chipmunk running across the road. Right. You know, you become more observant to things. For sure. Well, this is like a purple bluish leaf coming to the ground. This could be a lyric. <laughs> kind of like the way they taught us uh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, back in the day. Uh-huh. Remember those? Yeah. Those, those recordings. And and, and the, then the mouse running. And the flutes were the piccolos, you know, and all that stuff. I know the one I remember <laughs> the most, uh-huh. Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, done. It's good. Plus, did you, was it like at all? My strange mind was it all creepy in the woods? <laughs> 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 I'm glad you asked. The guy with the mask and the skin. <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah, because I mean, the first night I was scared to death, honestly, because it was really quite. It was a walk from the car. You know, it was really in the middle of the woods by myself, and I don't. I've been living in Paris and this big city and I just haven't been alone in the woods for so long and at some point I thought I just watched too many movies because of course there was nobody out there right but the first co- 
couple of days, you're just like, oh, what's going to happen? I actually wrote a blues called Scared. Because it <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know why you're okay? Yeah. Because you didn't bring a camera and do found footage. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, right. They found the CD, yeah. and this is what happened. She went into yeah. the woods, and yeah. here's the thing. But I think what it does to you, too, because I'm, I'm a skeptic about a lot of things about, like, cryptozoology. Yeah, if they find it, they do. But I think you go in the woods, and... You just hear, like, I don't know, like, if I'm walking, a ch- like, a squirrel will make a huge noise. Not like the phone there, which... Oh, but, sorry about that. but, you know, when they go on, the, but you think it's this huge animal, and then you look, and it's like a squirrel. Yeah, so right. every little noise will freak you out. That's true. They're and then I think of yeah. when I was in Cranberry Lake, and I was from, you, me to Greg, with a bear looking at me through a bush. Really? And you back away really quick. And then you see the... You see them everywhere, and they were, like, in the back. But they would have people by the ice cream place. Oh, aren't they cute? It's like Yogi. Let's feed them. Yeah. They'd be on cars and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, hippos are nice. Let's keep one as a pet. Oh, my gosh. No, it was uh – they definitely warned people to stay away from the bears, and they had bear-proof garbage cans in the park. And, yeah, so I didn't yeah, see Yeah, you the Adirondacks. There was a lot of that. No, Cranberry Lake, that's where it happened. Mm-hmm. And I saw them out in the back. Oh, okay. It's like after that, then you – but that sort of fits into the cabin thing. You hear them all night. It's like, are they – yeah. Yeah, wow. and there was something actually under the cabin that was gnawing at the wood all night. So I hear this <laughs> underneath my bed. So <laughs> it's like you it's just with the Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. In, <laughs> in approximately one hour, he will reach me. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, could, I think mm. back. There was one year when I was a kid during Christmas Eve, and I'll see. I'll, I still remember it now. I was convinced somebody's trying to break in the house. You know what it was? It probably was, you know, then I'm not thinking Santa in our neighborhood. (laughs) But I think it was probably falling snow. But it was really weird. Wow. (laughs) You know how your mind plays Mm -hmm. tricks on you. It sure does, yeah. That's the thing, yeah. Wow, snow made that much noise? Or the wind? I just remember when I was kissing, it still stands out to me. It was terrifying. Yeah, sure. sure. You know, the wind, any little thing. It's true. true. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that was a great experience. It really was because you feel all these emotions coming at you, like, oh, gee, I didn't know I felt that way, and just yeah. We'll do. We'll rent a cabin and we'll do this for a month in a cabin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Then you'll Greg's see. too busy. We'll in hundred beds. Ah, yeah. find a way. We'll <laughs> see these bears like with a scarf on, like in a month <laughs> or something. <laughs> More to me, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. My own weird paranoia would be, and I know a little lot about reptiles, but anyway, like I'd be like poisonous snakes anywhere there. Mm. I was talking to Anna Smirk last night. She played with Adriana. She's from Australia, and I told her there's a good friend of mine in Australia, and I still I can't bear it because all the things you have living there. And she, my friend, had a western brown snake in her bedroom. Really? Yeah. I mean, oh. here. Wow. <clears throat> You know, here, what are we going to get? You might get, like, a like a rat on the porch or something. <laughs> I'm not sure which I trust more or less. <laughs> Snakes don't really do too much. <laughs> no, but still, like, that, there's a thing they used to say in Costa Rica, if you were in the woods. If you're going to fall, don't brace yourself oh. because you might put your hand on something. Oh, right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, they're a lot more harmless than they, but, you know, they say snake and people like Richard Pryor joke. Somebody yells, snake, you run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I would do a lot of research probably before I went to Australia. Make sure I don't want to do clear I mean, of those yeah, things. It just it seems like like they think what like sixteen to eighteen of the worst twenty animals, poisonous animals live there. Mm-hmm. But people get they all because most of Australia you're on the coast, they're mostly inland. Mm-hmm. My encounter with a wombat. <laughs> and he lives. He lived. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> I'd like all the kiwi birds, like in New Zealand, would be something. Yeah. Yep, and I've heard in Australia they have really aggressive magpies too. Like really? they have them. There's oh, another wow. one. What is it, cassowary or something that can kill you? It's, it's like just a dive bomb. You know, <laughs> when you're like walking. I like think walking I have your, your new concept album. Can you? Okay. A yeah. cabin out in the outback. <laughs> that might happen. Actually, I was thinking of that because I, I I am a big animal lover, and I was thinking that I might do something like that. Work in an animal sanctuary in Australia and like write about koalas or something. So I your own know. pet sounds. That would be <laughs> neat. Does, yeah. Does yeah. Actually, place in Verysburg up here. It's an animal sanctuary, uh-huh, yeah. and I took my one of the non-funny funniest things I've ever heard. 
one of the workers is there. He's like, we've only had three workers killed because yeah. like, something charged. But there was like a wow. – but what they do is they take you around. They're all like water buffalo news, all these things. And they're used to – they give you a little food. They come right up. So – the big water buffaloes by my dad. I'm like, pet him, pet him. No, I'm touching it. It got its head on his horn. So his head wow. was hanging on his horn. Jeez. <laughs> no, but it was a lot of fun. It's like, you know, you get to see these in the wild and everything. You're like, this thing's not going to charge the... Uh... <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. i got to check that out. And it's neat, too, because it's like, it's one of those strange places where it's in the middle of nowhere and there's this big wildlife sanctuary. Yeah. Huh. Well, where else would you expect one to be? In our parking lot right here. (laughs) In the middle of Manhattan. Logical logical spot. Very logical there. Pittsburgh. (laughs) Sorry. I just found that kind of funny. Good point. Actually, good good point. There was nothing in the middle of nowhere. You want to pet someone, go to Powers afterwards and go pet them. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I haven't been there. On this trip, so. Dowie's like, food, give us food, glorious yeah, food. Yeah, alpacas, yep. No, there's alpaca farms right around here, too. Oh, yeah, yep. I love alpacas. So how did your music start progressing then? Huh, well, um, I guess I did a lot of piano, and I sang in children's choruses when I was little, so that was kind of my thing in Rochester, and then acapella groups a lot in college. And yeah, it's pretty well. When I lived in Germany, I did like this cabaret stuff, which was really bizarre. <laughs> there was like a slideshow at the same time, right? And we changed our clothes like four times during the show and sang harmony. There were two other vocalists. That's so an older kind of wacky. That's an old art form, though. All that so. stuff, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, they used to have all that stuff back in the day. You know, all those old war movies. You always have the cabaret scene and the singer and. the... <laughs> You know that that stuff is so cool. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah, and uh, once I got to Paris, I started doing more jazz. I mean, I knew standards. Like growing up in the U.S., I knew standards, but started trying to make it more creative. And they they do support jazz quite a bit over there. So kind of went pretty far in that direction, and then started spending more time on my own writing. Just yeah, getting into writing my own lyrics and. Having fun with it and writing music, so yeah. that's the question I've asked All before. The is there any yeah. way you would define what cabaret actually is? Oh, see, I asked, I asked Marissa Mulders because she was doing a tour. Uh huh. I forgot what she said. Now, but you can watch the episode. Yeah, I'd be curious to know what she said. That's a good question. Um, well, it's sort of musical theater. Yeah, kind reduced, of reduced, kind of. Yeah, there, there's kind of an MC, and there are different acts, sort of. I guess. I mean, it's one group, but one person will sing the lead and then there'll be kind of like a review yeah like a review I guess but I guess that kind of morphed from that that's what I'm guessing one of the things I always think Hmm. of it as is somebody will like explain the song first like I've seen some Tom Waits things where people will do them they will talk about the song first and give a lot then they sing them yep yeah yeah there's some of that basically uh, Hedwig and all that kind of stuff is sort of a cabaret right Hedwig and the Angry Inch and all those kind of weird things. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's musical theater. I mean, but it's still, it's somebody playing a part and it's really overemphasized and exaggerated. And Yeah, you I know. guess in kind of a small setting, I would say, you know. Um, think in Red Velvet Curtain and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, yeah, a small setting and kind of... The lights dim low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think, like, with all art forms, I mean, it's always open to interpretation. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, we have our downtown cabaret, or do I don't know if they do cabaret or what they do. Uh, are they mm-hmm. still around? I don't know. I was thinking of that as I was saying. I did a, I yeah. did a show with them years of and course, years ago. Of course you <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a story in itself. They stuck me with a... Well, I shouldn't say it that way. They they put me. Paired they, me. They paired me. Thank you. <laughs> they paired me with a, a a nun of all people that played piano, <laughs> and so I'm I'm playing this stuff and and reading the. They gave me the piano score and I'm following the bottom staff, you know, to sort of see where the bass clef was, you know, going and all. That's kind of how I figured my parts out, and it was very interesting. And we did like. Forgot what song we were doing or what show we were doing. Wow, it was pretty interesting. Though. I bet. I, I could have seen you going pay very well. I could have seen you going into Sister Christian. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> we had fun though. That's like one of those random sentences. If you don't hear the rest of it, well, they paired me with a nun. <laughs> <laughs> my life was never the same. 
Wow. Nonsense there, dude. Nonsense, so, right. Wow. What about your second album, then? Um, yeah, so the first one actually is no longer in print. So this is the second one. It's called Am I Am. What a cool picture. And thank you, yeah. How did you do the... What are you looking at, the bubbles? Yep, yep. <laughs> Yep, I'm just kind of contemplating the bubbles. Mm-hmm. And so the photographer was actually blowing bubbles and then you oh, know, so snapping real. the shots oh, cool. really quickly. Yeah, yeah, she actually had the soap, you know. So um, that worked out well. And so I, I guess I would call it jazz pop because there are probably half my tunes on it um, and half, you know, covers. There's a kind of a, I don't know, African-sounding version of Teach Me Tonight, which is kind of different. And there's a... Unusual version of Frère Jacques, which is pretty much a cappella. I, I did that one for years, a cappella, and just, you know, really experimented with it. Um, Over the Rainbow, very, very floaty, ethereal version of Over the Rainbow. So, yeah, that was fun. And and there was a Greek um, guitarist, actually, a friend of mine, who did the arrangements and did, you know, drum programming and stuff. So. I could I like fun. to collect like a CD worth of Over the Rainbow covers just to see which oh, yeah. one's the best. Yeah, yeah. That song still makes me, it does something to me. I don't does know it? Okay, yeah. It does. I think yeah. Marlon Brando described it one time. So he just says, because everybody thinks has those aspirations. True. It just takes yeah. you back. It takes you back to like why the world can't be whatever way you want it to be. Yep, I think it kind of works for whoever's listening to it. It's just like, yeah, well, I have this vision, and you know, you're going to have a different vision. But it's like, you know, someday, you know, and all that. You know, you're just wishing. Why can't the world be different? You know, That's my it. world. I mean, yeah, you think of the of album hope. cover there. I was thinking, Hopeful, yeah. no, like Glinda didn't pop up and go, "Are you a good witch or are you a bad witch?" From one of the bubbles. Did you? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah. Uh, like the story behind Furijaka. Ah, because no, I actually okay. I've heard like more. It's a little more sinister than we think it is. Oh, that's possible. Because know. like you know, three blind mice is like about a plague thing. Uh-huh. That was you know like Yankee Doodles actually about visiting a house of prostitution. Yeah, and I, I picture yeah, there's a book called By the Sword. It's a history of uh, huh. swords and warfare, but they go into a lot of it. When Yankee Doodle came to town just to ride a pony. Just to ride a pony meant going to a house of ill repute. Oh, wow. So I'm picturing these little kids in kindergarten singing mm-hmm. this nobody knows. Huh, I wonder. I poison your songs. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious because I don't know if it was originally in French or so London Bridge is or... about what, terrorism or what? <laughs> it's about another plague thing, My Fair Lady falling yeah. down or ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy. Uh. Oh, we're getting on a real happy note oh, here for the show. Interesting. I never here. knew all that stuff. Yeah, like, okay. well, you know. The analogy I'll use for you is obviously fairy tales, where most of them are yeah, cautionary. Yeah, the grim, grim fairy tales. Yeah, the real very ones, dark. too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pushing children in the oven and whatnot. Yeah, that yeah, that was some scary stuff. I used to have a book with the uh, uh, the, the fairy tales, and um, well, they were Hans Christian Andersen, but but some of the drawings. I mean, these were older books, like '40s books, and the drawings were just. Terrible. I mean, they were scary as hell. Well, Little Match Girl. Then the Little Mermaid is pure. If they did, that's why they didn't adapt it the way from the book because it's yeah. miserable. Huh. And you're thinking, well, we're brightening the morning for yeah, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'll tell you, I had an experience once when I was overseas, and I I got lost in this place in Germany, and I started walking, mm-hmm. and I started walking through this woods, and it's beautiful. And all of a sudden, man, I'm not seeing anything, and I've got my Walkman, and I'm just, ooh, doo, doo, doo. I don't even know where the hell I'm going. <laughs> and all of a sudden, in the middle of this woods, there was a post office. So I figured, okay, great, at least they'll know where the heck I am and how to... But it was like this little cottagey thing, and it was just, you know, just like something you'd see in like old style building and it was their post office was it made of gingerbread yeah almost <laughs> and it was like in the middle of the woods which seemed to me in the middle of the woods anyway and huh. turned out i was 10 miles away from where i started out i got oh, off man. a bus and ended up 10 miles away from where i was supposed to be oh, no. i just took a bus and well, i wonder where this is gonna go and i just, i just started not seeing much of anything and i said i think i better get off oh no well i tried to I tried to make sure I know my way back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't yep. too wise then. See, these days, like, I actually, I made a fool of myself one day when I went to the library. I went to some walk, and I got lost. 
So what do you do? And I ended up on this weird street. And I'm like, how far have we? You know, you pull out the phone. You see where you are. Yeah, right. So right. much easier now. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like the old days, like, because my dad was horrible with directions. So one time when we were supposed to go to the Catskills, we ended up in Virginia. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Same mountains, I guess, oh, and everything. Oh, yeah. But so I got, <laughs> like, if I planned a trip somewhere, like when I visit my friend in Philly, I would have the map out looking, and I'd have my GPS. Right. Yeah, the map. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I used to love reading maps and yeah. everything. Was, you say, okay, here, I'm here, I'm here. That's then, true. Then yeah. you end up going, and there's construction. No! I can't, I can't go off the yeah. route. But then they're so hard to fold up afterwards. That was always my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You can never fold them the same way. But I used to like globes, because like when I lived in D.C., there was a store with all these old globes. Beautiful. Are they tech yeah. insane over there like they are here? Not, not as much. No, it's true. It always kind of hits me when I when I come back to the U.S. Like I experienced my first beer wall the other night, and that was a little high tech, you know. Yeah, I've like, hit the beer wall many yeah, times <laughs> in my past. <laughs> in the wine wall, and then have the what yeah. is the beer wall? I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't? Okay, I don't drink anymore. So. Okay, well, yeah, except no, for coffee. <laughs> I guess there are different places that have these, but they have a selection of probably like twenty beers. And you have to leave your credit card at the bar, and then they give you a card. And depending on which beer you want, you have to, like, I don't know, swipe the card that they give you, and then you can serve yourself whichever uh, beer oh. you want. Yeah. Oh, wow. So oh, How cool is that? I've never heard of that. Yeah? What I've seen are, like, the sample things where they get the big tray, and you get, like, four or five yep. on the tray. Yep. Maybe they you figure if you get too. drunk enough, they'll collect all these credit cards and then scam. No, I yeah, don't Yeah, maybe they'll forget <laughs> to have, their cards. It rarely yeah. happens, but because I worked at bars, I usually just pay in cash. Uh-huh. Usually just, I mean, mostly nothing will happen with your credit card. But it's also the idea, okay, if I bring, say, $30, when it's gone, yeah, it's gone. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. When it's gone, so are you. <laughs> yeah. Not That's one more drink, fun. just one more. You're right. Yeah, no, it was, it was kind of fun. But did you have, like, sort of, with, like, when you're getting near the end, though, which one should I try? Yeah. It was really hard to to choose, yeah, for it's sure. an interesting idea. Yeah, it was a good idea. It was kind of fun. I think uh-huh. they're trying to expand more to entertain people, to get people to go out. I don't yeah. think... Because yeah. I know, like, a big group of my friends, they just don't go out anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Trying to get people out of the house, they want to make it an experience. Yeah. yeah. No, and it was fun, too, because it was um, charged by the ounce, so you could have, like, a beer and a half. Just a really oh, wow. small... Yeah, just top it off, and you'd only pay, like, you know, 50 cents or whatever. So I'm, I'm thinking of the cool. line from Pulp Fiction. About oh. Vincent when he's in when he's in France, you know you could walk into a movie, you could walk into like a, a McDonald's and they'll give you a beer, and I'm not talking just a little beer. That's true, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah a, and I remember in Germany they had that. Yeah. Russia too. Sure. Walk in. I can't have McDonald's without yeah. a beer in Europe, right? Yeah. It's not called the Big Mac; it's called the Royal with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much. But I mean, like I think before that's such an outgrowth of back in the old days, <clears throat> the war days. Water was maybe either scarce or polluted, or so. Like I know in Mexico and all that, that's why they they say drink, don't drink the water. You know, so there was more wine, and you know everything was more basic. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I saw lots of construction workers in Munich drinking beer instead of water. (laughs) Well, I had like kids don't try this at home, but when I went to the Soviet Union, I had like this massive cold. It was like right, it was like January third, and number one, I don't want to infect anybody. It's like okay, I paid and going, and got to go to the bus ride. I'm I'm dying basically. The vodka and the air cured it. And I guess my professor, oh, yeah, it's the vodka in the air. So right. go fly, like, by the Arctic Circle and drink vodka. You'll be cured. Right, yeah. I think drunk's a, 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 a relative term as opposed to here. <laughs> I think you're right. You're not drunk. Mm-hmm. You're not really drunk in overseas unless you really... I mean, unless you're on the floor, oh, then you're drunk. <laughs> Have you seen the meme? It's been around for years about French kids growing up where it's got a little boy and a girl smoking cigarettes and drinking a big Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. And also yeah. remember, all these countries, we haven't had this here, but it's sixth to me, especially I think of Warsaw, where these were bombed, and a lot of these right. places were, like, rebuilding and for everything. Sure. Yep, yep. If people don't think that are all the history... Yeah. You know, I think of the girl, if you, like Versailles and the Revolution and everything in France. Yeah, that's something you don't really. I've thought about that lately now as I take a 
deeper look into things. It's like, okay, nobody wants wars, but wars shape history. And wars shape what comes after, you know? I mean, you wouldn't have so many things if it wasn't for the war. And, mm-hmm. and them rebuilding things. When you, you know, you, you do, a, you do buildings over again, well, then they get more modern. And then you have this and that that you wouldn't have. It ruins some of the aesthetic, but still, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, war mm-hmm. does change everything. Well, in a way, there's a lot of new tech and inventions. Yeah. But the other part's miserable, though. Right. So. Right. I mean, kids playing in rubble. I mean, all those old, you watch a lot of those old, like, the older movies, like European movies, and mm-hmm. they always have those scenes where the kids are just, you know, I mean, Berlin, London was all bombed out. I mean, can you imagine growing up in that? I yeah. mean, that's got to be hard. No, that's true. And actually, I spend um, time in Hamburg, Germany, because my sister lives in Hamburg. And it's true that, yeah, that was, that was, you know, pretty much decimated during the war. But they have built up these really interesting, like, eco-friendly buildings so I actually think about it when I go to Hamburg, New York, and it's always like, not hamburger, it's Hamburg. No, right. Hamburg I was yeah. in the train station there once because yeah. I was doing uh-huh. a tour. Yeah, yep. a big train station, man. He's Hamburg. Everywhere. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. See, Greg is everywhere. Well, well, well that was my one big foray overseas. I don't ever. <laughs> right. Yeah, but in Paris, I mean, the, all the buildings were preserved, so that's that's very yeah. fortunate that they were. You know, they work really hard to renovate them and clean them, and so. That's really great. Did they have to deal with the same art theft stuff in that over there as they did, you know, from World Mm. War II? Was there a lot of that in France or no? Uh, I guess not so much. Well, I don't know, actually. In Paris, could be. I think they might be a little more on on point Mm. with that stuff Mm -hmm. than... It's interesting. I just was wondering. Yeah. I have to ask this. Well, you have the Mona Lisa in your room at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different country. Pretty close to where I live, yeah. Uh-huh. But I was going to ask you, what's the biggest from living over there? And I've asked you this question before, but my memory is not what it used to be. What's the biggest <laughs> when you live over here, first going over there, but then here? What are the biggest culture shocks? Hmm. That we're all idiots here now, basically. No, <laughs> no. I mean, it's true. I've been over there a long time, so it's... Um, yeah, I guess when I first got over that, well, the thing is the space, the thing that really hits me yeah, is you the space. <laughs> I really miss the space. That might be what I miss most about the U.S., you know, having, you know, big cars and wide sidewalks and, you know, and also parking spaces space and, yeah, personal space, yep, and the restaurants. I mean, especially in Paris because it's a really dense city, you know. So when you want to have dinner in a restaurant, they have to, like, pull out the table and then you get in and sit on the bench and then they push the table back and it's right. like locked in. So um, things like that. You cannot leave. You'll have all 12 courses. Yeah. Well, again, that's where a lot of that architecture comes from where everybody thinks, you know, all these overpriced, you know, Scandinavian furniture, everything, you know, because they're they, for small spaces. So yeah. they have to come up with ways to, you know, that you're closet becomes for sure a dining room table or something That's you know okay. I mean, yeah. don't, i've actually had to explain to some friends at swans because if you go there it's like european so people sit you know it's like communal yeah yeah for sure yeah so there's there's that the only thing i don't like about it is every now and then you get the person looking oh what's that yeah right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You know, i've never been there i gotta get over there yeah yeah no we talk about i mean we're talking about the war but i think there is something Maybe in a lot of European cultures about being a little standoffish, uh-huh. whereas maybe in the U.S. people so can I be like friendlier. And I, I mean, I actually read a book about like how to assimilate into French culture because I was kind of confused when I first got there. And you don't in France, you don't just walk down the street like smiling at people because they're going to think you're seriously you're disturbed, like insane, or something. Or you yeah. got a yeah, you got a message or something. <laughs> yeah, so you don't. They're like, no, you need to have a reason to smile. <laughs> no. so, whereas here you can just hey, go Eric say hi Strand, to somebody. Eric Strand, Rush Chairman, damn glad to meet you. Yeah, yeah, so I had to get used to that. It's what? actually around here, though, too, because my mom's hairdresser, he was lived in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, in Colorado, you go, everybody, you say hi. When I moved up here, people would look at me. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it maybe depends on the on the states, too, where, where you are. But I um, find a mix. I find some people... Yeah. They look like, like especially if I walk out in this section, uh-huh. people look like, where did he come oh, from? Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. So I guess it depends on where you are. But yeah, that hit me when I first got there. Cause I know, I thought it was weird friendly. that, um, 
like, well, Switzerland. But it was like that whole two-hour lunch thing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, the world just stops for two hours. That's true. And yep. That's it. I think like don't bother me, don't call me. The idea of the siesta in Mexico is just because it gets so freaking hot, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they do have that. Yeah, in Italy too, they just close from like. But don't you think maybe that stops the whole health? That's a better health thing. It only de-stresses you during your day. It makes your day longer, but still, you know, you're. You're not going home going, oh, man, I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Like, but like in London, I didn't see like people were friendly. They weren't. But still the best for that was still like the drunken hot soccer hooligans you saw. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they yeah were, you got the I extremes. Told, but they were great where they look at me. They look at me. You, my dear, you're cute. But then they look at me. You, though, darling, you're beautiful. So uh, I love London soccer hooligans. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, it's like a PSA. When you drink, you think this is beautiful. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, there are definitely those contrasts, too. And uh, it's weird, too, because people don't get there. Like, the pubs will close at 12. But but now they have private clubs you can go to, different clubs. Mm-hmm. But I guess the whole idea behind it, there's a logic behind it. They don't want to close at the same time everything because the people go rushing out. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's certainly a few things, but I've, I've really gotten used to it over there. What about the uh, food stuff? Was it hard to get used to different food things? or? Uh, yeah, and I still have my comfort foods, my mac and cheese that I, <laughs> I take with me when uh, I go yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was? Still, I'll never forget, like my friends from England, they wanted me to send them a one sauce. Oh, yeah, that's huh. true. You because they liked it a lot better than the HP. But then the thing was, I said, okay. They said, you know, this might blow up on the plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I guess it took some getting used to when I first moved over there. Yeah. So have you ever the had French that cheeses cardinal? are really strong if you're not used to them. It's just like, woo, oh, what yeah, is that? <laughs> yeah, can I clean my shoes with that? What is yeah. that? You know, but I got used to it. It was Asian a cave for 30 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, my brother came over to visit and I gave him some French cheese. I was already used to it, but he tried it and he's like, <laughs> is this how it's supposed to taste? <laughs> I like the stronger cheeses. I don't know about that one. Though. I do too. But I actually think that, like, what's their, what is the perception of us now? Is that, are we all like lunatics or something? Do they figure? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> yeah. They go, well, there's this guy in upstate New York. He drums for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's the really, really mixed opinions depending on how, who you talk to, for sure. And I would get there too. Like, asked a friend from England, it's like, what did you think about being here? It's like, well, y'all nuts. Right. <laughs> one of my other friends. But one of the best, there's a scene actually in the movie Tusk with Johnny Depp's a French Canadian. They're hunting like serial killer, right? Mm. So there's two Americans. He pulls out a thing when they're going to go in the house and they're guns. And he's trying to give it to him. Like, we don't want them. You're Americans. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Right, yeah. So. Is there a perception shaped by t- television and movies, or do you think they are based in fact? Uh, yeah, no, I think it's, it's shaped by television for sure, yeah. Uh-huh. Like they well, think everybody's like, a cowboy um, and all that kind of just stuff. Just like right? Emily in Paris, you know, gives Americans an idea what it's supposed to be like to live in France. Right. You know? Yeah, sure. I found, like, the I, media. like, I was watching Band of Outsiders recently, got her, and I love all Truffaut and Jules and Jim and all those. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes, though, I'll be doing something... I'm like, why can't I understand this? Oh, I didn't put the subtitles on. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> I love, like, the European movies and the French cinema, Italian cinema, because what they do is they take a simple story and make it profound. Mm, that's true. That's what yeah. they really do. It's like a simple concept, but they do something really cool with it. Like yeah. La Ventura, which is somebody goes missing, mm-hmm. and that's, but it's so much more. Mm-hmm. Well, here we have these, like, $40 million, $400 million films with all this stuff. Right. That's true. Well, that's actually um, a saying in French. Why why make it simple when you can make it complicated? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life, my life, it's my life. There you go. So that's, that's true. They do take things really in-depth and, yeah, sometimes things... They delve into things, the yeah. why. And yep. The, yeah. Yep. That's it. Well, so. that's cool. I mean, I I think that's... There's, there's a a good thing for, for both... For sure, yeah. Ways of thinking. I remember a guy when I was in, a, again, that experience when I was overseas, though, one guy said to me, he goes, America's a great place. Where else can an actor be president? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to them, that's like, that's he was an actor 
being a president. And, you know, they weren't thinking of the the political part of it. You know, it was like very, to me, that, I don't know, it said something to me for some reason, like, wow, that's the way it looks, huh? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So moving forward, what is coming up right now for you? You know, you have your, are you touring? Are you going to be touring? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've decided that I'd like to tour more in the U.S. I'd like to share, you know, that the stuff that I've been doing the last, uh, several years, I thought, yeah, because I've been working so much in Europe, and I just thought it would be a really different and enriching experience to, to take it on the road in the U.S., so I'm working on that. And I know I have to go kind of by region, because you know, I've been used to Europe, where you can just take a train, and in two hours, right. you can get to a different country and everything, but here you have to really set it up so that you're not in the car for 24 hours every time, or I don't know. So I'm, I'm working on that. And I'm going to be back in, a drummer? in no. April. <laughs> possibly. Here we go. <laughs> so, yeah, by region. And so, yeah, because I have contacts in different areas of the U.S. So maybe do like a West tour out West and maybe a New England thing. And uh, so Midwest. Yeah. So that's what I'm working People on. People don't get, I think, Europe's as big as, like, I think England's as big as Maryland. Or some of these. I mean, this is, we don't think of it that way, but you can go. France is as big as Texas. <laughs> wow. Nothing just big as Texas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. No, well, they once I, I love, like I said, looking at maps and the one. There's this one good map you could see where you could fit China, the U.S., and Europe into Africa. Wow. And Africa, you don't think of as the biggest continent just because on the map it's not shape. You think be Asia. Huh? Yeah, that's true. But in the heat of the moment, you realize it was Africa, uh, and the wow. rain's down there. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. But yeah. it's amazing. But also, but I, this is a saying I think that, and this is in England that in, in England two two hundred miles is a long way in America two hundred years is a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're relatively a baby country. Right. When you think of the whole European, you know, history. Going the way of Rome. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you think about that and you think that there's sometimes, I mean, I used to think when I first moved to Europe that there's still this kind of enthusiasm that Americans have because it's a young country. You know, people are like, yeah, we can do it and let's go further and let's go to the outer and, space and whatnot, you know, the, and the Europeans were always a little more hesitant, you know, hesitant right. to take risks. and Things so, are fine, why, you know, change yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and they've been through wars and everything, so they know what the risks are, whereas the Americans are like, yeah, do it, just do it. Yeah, so, live for today. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to, like, yeah. some countries where, like, I want to kiss the ground when I came back here. Mm-hmm. There's other places I, I really like, but some places I've been to. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it, the yardstick is, you know, whatever you're used to. And people come here and they go, it's amazing. You know, you can do whatever you want without, you know, maybe like less police interference or less restrictions somehow. I don't know. And then you go other places and it's, we think it's cool because we're just used to, I don't know. Well, in mm-hmm. North Korea, the recent news was like a bunch of teens were sentenced to hard labor camps because listen to Korean K-pop. Oh, well, right. yeah, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I have my views on bad music, but I'm not going <laughs> to... Yeah, that's a, that's pretty extreme. You were listening to this labor camp for you. Oh, he's drumming in that band, too. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Many parents would probably Better love that. It, yeah, send them to hard labor. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything with them. Here, actually, you take them. <laughs> what cracks me up, too, is like... Reading like about, I was reading about 50s rock. Remember how dangerous it was? Yeah. I mean, even for me, like, for sure. I went to see Ozzy. I couldn't get any of my friends to go because their parents thought he worshipped the devil. Or, like, you see the old yep. movies. Like, if my hair was like this, hey, it's the best girl you've ever known. I, I had a, my dad had this barber. He was like one of those old Marine guys. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you <laughs> brought your daughter again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. My father used to throw communist around and and you know all this stuff and it, it you grew up it was weird man because the, the world war ii guys were not real happy about a lot of the changes that were going on Whereas my that's dad, another story my dad mm. drove a tank into a lake in japan <laughs> yeah. he got out okay good <laughs> i guess so <laughs> no but you're gonna do the ian gillen thing where like i guess what he would do for tour is he would pick the places he wanted to see so he's in europe and asia do that for america i yeah. think i would do that yeah and definitely um visiting friends too along the way because i do have friends and some of them are actually you know connected with with music so that's yeah i would think too you get like it's like i love the back 
Well, like I've driven a lot of the back roads. You see the real America, the big the reptile houses, the big balls of string, right, the weird sure, yeah. antique stuff and everything. Uh-huh. I think you're going to get another couple albums out of this. I think so, yeah. Yeah, one time I drove through and I did a gig in Des Moines. And it was just, it was around the time of the Iowa State Fair. So I got to go there and see butter sculptures and, and I was gigging. And so that was great. Yeah. Oh, how cool. With yeah. An old college friend. So yeah. That's blueberry pie. That's <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Just surreal. You know, coming from, from Paris. Is this going to be some of the electronic music? Oh. Or is it going to be, what's it going to be? No, a mix I think it'll, everything yeah, or? I'm probably going to try and keep it simple. Um, maybe do some gigs with like a local guitarist because my, Third album is these movie tunes, um, all duos with guitarists. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit more jazz oriented. Yeah, this was a really you fun album pictures. to do. Thank you, really thank you, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, you can't see them, but yeah. <laughs> right. always, okay, Check my only thing online. with this one, yeah. I always worry because it's like so. I just, I just have a warp mind when I'm thinking <laughs> when they're taking the picture. Can you step back a little? Oh right, Can you step yeah. back a little. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm glad they fixed her leg. <laughs> no, and then I always look for shark fins in the water on any water photos. Oh, right. That's that thing sticking. Oh, it's a branch. Okay. Yeah, no, so if, if if you happen to check out my album Leaps and Bounds online, yeah, on the cover I am like on this, it looks like a cliff <laughs> overlooking a beautiful lake called the Lake of the Clouds. And yeah, That's a beautiful picture. It does look yeah. like I only have half a leg because one leg is like... I didn't even know I'll do anything to sell records. <laughs> But I wasn't actually that far from the edge, but it, it does I know, look but like it's it. funny. It's cool. <laughs> it does. It's like the the back should have shown like your hat, like just the only thing off the cliff. <laughs> right. By this album, we needed for the rescue effort. Yeah, that would have been yeah. So suspense. It kind of like you know, draws. No, these are really cool pictures, you. and they're well, thank not. You. I yeah. actually laughed. Like some of the pictures. There's this one band, Mrs. Scanato. It's a Mountain Mojo Authority now. I don't know how they got the they, so they get a friend of this. You want to be on an album cover? Oh. So like stand here, and the album cover hit that with a dodgeball, oh. <laughs> and it's like you didn't see this coming. Oh my gosh, hilarious! <laughs> Great. I I should have brought this book. I never thought of it. If we, if we go on again, I'll bring it. Oh, she'll be back. She makes her annual trip. I have this great book that somebody gave me when I was over there, and it's called Panoramic Views of Switzerland, nice. and it's a big hardcover, and it's in three languages. So, you know, and it's just all the, you know, the the, the shorelines and the boats and the, the, those great houses and the little mini Tudor thingies that they have, Beautiful. you know. And, yeah. And I remember I took a lot of pictures of these houses and buildings. Somebody said, where's all the people? I said, people, people are people. Look at these buildings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm weird about that, though, because I was walking and there was a house and there was a cage that said attack cats. Oh, but yeah. I'm weird about taking pictures like about somebody I don't know. What if somebody came out of the house like with it? It's like we have a burglar. <laughs> well, I was like on a corner and I was shooting across the street or something. I mean, oh, it, that even looks better. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to hide. Yeah, that's actually too for the the, the film. How did you come up with some of the choices on that? That was so hard to do. It actually took me a couple of years to to even prepare because I had so many ideas and there's so many movies. I mean, movie music is just you know. Such a vast <laughs> genre, right? This brings back great memories too, because I saw Yitzhak Perlman. Oh, and he—it's literally lucky he sold out in twenty minutes. Wow! And to see mm-hmm. like great like that, yeah, funny is all hack too. It's like sense mm. of humor, but he did film themes, right? And it was like so casual, just <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so I just had to, to really choose like films that that had moved me at the time. I mean, there are a couple that are French. And just just things that kind of interested me. Yeah, there was this one um, from the Ballon Rouge, the Red Balloon. I don't know if you ever yes, saw, I that saw that movie. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Which really, yeah, was one of the first things I had ever experienced in French, and I was fascinated. You know, I saw that when I was in like what third grade. Right. Right. So like, but it's sort so of the, that theme, you know. It's sort of a little depressing. You're chasing your little balloon around. Yeah, exactly. And I so love that, that was, movie. I remember that. Yeah, and there was like not a happy ending. So that yeah. that in itself was kind of typically French. Remember, like in classrooms too, they'd have to set the reels up and put the films in. Yeah, right. So I so I did that one, and I just like kind of you know. I think I think that's a big factor of told my own story of the difference between here and there. Maybe Mm -hmm. is Europe in general because of their experiences. They're pretty like realistic Mm -hmm. about stuff. Yeah, they're not 
too much pie in the sky like oh well we can do anything you can do that you can be this they're they're like man life is you know you eat you sleep you yep. have friends you have lovers you blah 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 but to them life is just living and if they're happy to have that well, I was thinking, mm-hmm. yep, you I know, agree. maybe your opinion, you could tell me this about in the years to come. I think we would be like stars there for this. Because if they like Jerry Lewis, right? they probably, <laughs> you know, they'd probably be, a hit. Be, like, be like Mickey Rourke, too. Uh-huh. I heard they really like his films. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we have a chance there, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> come on over. Come that on crazy over. drummer. Yeah, <laughs> the carnival of randomness. Yeah, that's <laughs> sure. actually cracking me up because there's a, I don't know if they still have the wood cliff did like a, like a pretentious garbage plate. It's called like La Plate Garbage. No, no. <laughs> so we'll have to call this episode whatever crazy. Let's call it Viva La Carnival. <laughs> With everything. Yeah. Can anybody think of anything better? Crazy Carnival. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No. But it's always it's been great. We just like always just have a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Great to see and I don't think we really even talked enough about your music though. Like it's going. Listen yeah, to the music. Where do you know get what to these say. things? Yeah, listen. Yeah, it's thing. It's like we've talked about it before. It's hard to know what to say. It's like it keeps evolving. You were talking about story. I think that's what you do. You're telling your story is going through life. Mm-hmm. It's like you weren't the person you were. Right, for sure. Yep, that, that's it. Yeah, and each album is really quite different. I like that, too, yeah. because I get tired of, well, I have one album. I've heard some people say with some artists, what do you have? That's all you need. Oh, yeah. Because it's the same stuff. Were these all recorded in different places? Um, Yes. Yep, yep. Especially the the album one. I recorded some of the tunes in New York City and some some in France. So it's a really interesting mix. Oh, nice. Because five different guitarists and two of them were based in New York. And three were based in France, so it's a hodgepodge. Yeah, that's uh, great though. Uh-huh. That is, man, you got good connections. Yeah. Well, You're becoming yeah, like, I a, worked like on it. sort of a Peter Gabriel. In terms oh, there you of go. That. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> I love him. Well, you need only thing now. You need Tony Levin, then bring a bunch of musicians from every place. And like, yeah. right? Grab yeah. a couple from Belgium. Grab yeah, a couple from, from Rochester. You know. Well, I need a drummer. Oh. <laughs> nope, too busy. Yeah, I have twenty minutes on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And what's your website again? VickiRumler dot com. And look for her on tour, hopefully here. Yeah, yeah, possibly in Rochester, and maybe kind of a midwestern thing, heading heading west. Can you get these discs? Online, if we sure, yep, okay. yep, they're on list. Um, yep, so there's my second one, Am I Am? My third one's called Take Two, and then Leaps and Bounds is my is there a best one, place to one. get them where you like it? They're just, um, I don't know, they're on they're on all the you know platforms online. And I still like one of okay. those CDs, Spotify, <laughs> oh, sure, you yeah. can get CDs for sure through Amazon. Well, that's what I meant. How is yeah, it going? Please get the CDs more and more. I'm still a CD person, but I how is this it. becoming? Uh, I love it. How's it becoming? Is it have you seen? How is it more? Work? I like. I'm sure he's a physical copy guy too of everything. Well, I know streaming. You don't make a whole lot of money. That's what I know. Right, for sure. <laughs> That's what I hear a lot of these guys complaining about. You make a freaking half a cent or a cent or mm-hmm. something. It's yeah. stupid. I remember. I remember Carmine Apice there saying in one of his clinics. He says. You can do a mil- you can get a million hits on Spotify and you make for like four thousand bucks. Yeah, like suppose yeah. I said to you like yep. one of my friends, she had her first, one of her singles debut number nine on the country charts. You'd say, wow, she's doing really well. No, this was Spotify right. stuff, so yeah, it's like no. nine it's, cents. It's sure. terrible. I mean, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I don't want to get on this whole thing, but again, they always find a way to stick it to the artist, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it, it just isn't right. It's just another bunch of gangsters to me. They've just come up with a different way to rip mm-hmm. us off. And it's kind of sad. You know, it used to be the the guy in a shark skin suit. At least you knew where you stood with them, mm. you know. Yeah. I have, okay, when you get back to France, see if you can get him a job at one of those cheese factories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll set you up. Fromage. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the three stooges will have a clothespin <laughs> on here. Yeah. Right. So, is it, so yeah. website Vic, VickiRumler.com? Yep. Mm-hmm. I've gotten that way with names, so it's like Victoria, Vicky. You want Vicky? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the 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 French really love Victoria. You know, oh, Vicky's yeah. kind of a dog's name in France, so that's how I <laughs> kind of became Victoria over there. But I grew up as Vicky. They so. named the dog Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks a lot. It's always Thank fun. You. Great to see you. Well, both. actually, one thing before we end, Greg. Any well, 
Of course. You're going to end me? (laughs) Anything coming up within an hour with you? I actually have a recording thing at 2 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. I'm shocked. I'm helping a guy out at his son. It's one song, so... I'm convinced with Greg now, it's become, he's walking down the street and some people, hey, want to come and drum with me? Yeah, <laughs> almost. And then I got a gig at, uh, I'm playing with Brian Lindsay at the uh, the B-side on uh, Friday, I believe, the 16th, if that's Friday. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Valentine's Day. Right. So, yes. Be nice to your Valentine. Well, you were, thanks for the cookies. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we <laughs> and on that, we always those. wondered... And here we told us we're going to end. So we're done. See you, bye. Bye. <laughs> in the heart of the city is a silent home. Two windows on courtyards far from the throne of traffic and talking. In the heart of the courtyard is a silent soul. A lifetime of blessings can't make it whole if living is lonely. Sad sounds and glory.